Matthew Gonich here, podcast host and um, host of Falcon Live. Cole Hammer, thank you for being here today. Yeah, Matthew, thanks for having me. Um, seems like just yesterday I was sitting in the same seat you were at Kincaid, um, graduated in 2018 and played on the golf team there and been lucky enough to have, you know, some success on the course over the last few years. Good. All right, Cole, have you ever met any golfers that have surprised you on how humble or how good of a person they are that you've, you know, ever met? Uh, yeah. Um, as far as humble golfers go, I, uh, I, I don't think anyone tops Webb Simpson. He, um, he went to Wake Forest. He's on tour right now. And, uh, I mean, just what an unbelievable guy who is so down to earth and would talk about anything but himself. And, um, I think that goes for actually a lot of the guys on tour who have been out there for a long time. They, you know, they realize how much hard work it takes to be there and, um, they don't take it for granted. And so, you know, they don't like to talk about themselves. So it's actually a good group of guys out there, but Webb Simpson definitely stands out. So I know you played at the U.S. Open and, you know, the British Open. Did anything surprise you about those tournaments or was there a specific moment that really stood out to you playing there? Yeah, so this year at Torrey Pine, actually my third U.S. Open to play in, um, which is crazy to think about. But um, that was an incredible experience. I actually had another Kincaid alumni caddying for me, Will Jacoby, who mm-hmm. um, graduated in 2019. But um, so that was a fun week. But I think the thing, or the most surprising moment of the summer was the British Open and how much those Brits love their golf over there. They, I mean, they clap when you walk up onto the tee, when you walk up the green. And, um, I mean, there's not much hooting and hollering like there is at a U.S. Open. And um, crowds here are just different than over there, and they just really respect the game. And um, it was it – was, the first big crowd I'd played in, um, in COVID or since COVID hit. And so, um, I think that was, that kind of got my attention and, um, kind of made me realize, wow, this is real. That was awesome. Um, now I know, I know you played in the open when you were 15, um, a sophomore at Kincaid. Um, how are this year's majors different from the ones when you were 15? Well, when I was 15, I, you know, I, pretty much we'll just say it, I got lucky to qualify. I mean, I caught a heater and was playing great and was on the right golf course for me and um, made everything on the greens that day. And so, yeah, I took a trip to Chambers Bay and um, looking back on it, I virtually had no chance to compete. I didn't hit the ball far enough, um, but it was an incredible experience. And I think that carried over into my next played in three majors since then. And um, I played at Wingfoot last September, so a little over a year ago, and I think that's when I started to realize that I could actually compete with these guys, and um, you know, playing practice rounds with other players like Jordan Spieth and um, you know, you name it, Dustin Johnson, uh, and you know, just seeing the way they go about their business um, was cool. But then I also realized that I could do the same thing, and so. Um, I would say these last two majors this summer, especially, um, I was pretty disappointed with missing the cut because I felt like that I could easily be competing with the best of them. And, uh, but I think at the end of the day, that gives me confidence to know that I, I can be there and do the same thing. So, um, you know, Champions Bay was a good start, but I think now with how I've gotten a little bigger, obviously, and, um, 
can kind of hold my own. It's uh, should prove helpful down the road. Good. Now you're in college now at UT, of course, what, what does your daily routine look like as a, you know, a golfer for the UT program? So um, we have workouts Tuesday, Thursday, six o'clock. Um, and then pretty much every day, Monday through Sunday, we go out to the golf course um, from about 1230 to pretty much dark. Um, and now not all those hours are required, but our golf course is 30 minutes away. And so we go out there after lunch and, you know, try to skip traffic. And so we're there till dark and eat dinner out there and then come back and do our homework. But we have class from about eight to 12 and then we're done uh, and can go you know, do our business. But we don't really have um, hard and fast scheduled practice. We the, They're pretty lenient on what we can do, which is nice. And it kind of allows us to work on what we need to work on. And then occasionally we'll have qualifying where we, you know, qualify uh, for the top five spots for the tournament. So it's, we stay very busy, but we're in the off season now, so it'll slow down a little. So, yeah, I know you're under Coach Fields. Is How is he different and similar from Coach Eggleston at Kincaid, in your opinion? Dang. Um, I think he's similar to Coach Egg in that um, both coaches really respect their players and their players' opinions. And well, I, and take take those to heart. I remember having conversations with Coach Egg about things that I thought, you know, would help the team and things that, you know, I, that weren't necessarily helping the team. And he was very receptive to that. And I think, you know, early on my freshman year, I didn't really offer much of that to Coach Fields. But now that I've gotten older and feel a little more comfortable, I'm kind of uh, doing the same thing. And he's just as receptive as Coach Egg and. Um, you know, Coach Fields has been around golf um, maybe a little longer than Coach Egg. Um, you know, he played golf in college professionally and has been coaching for, you know, the better part of 30 years. So um, they they both really respect their players and, and, and I have a lot of respect for both of them. So since you were, you know, you graduated in 2018, you know, what's one major, you know, takeaway or lesson from Kincaid that's prepared you to perform on such a big stage? As far as golf goes or as far as just life? Golf, life, you know, anything. Yeah. Um, Kincaid's definitely prepared me um, better than I would say 99% of other people. And I can see it on a daily basis. I mean, time management, uh, I feel like I'm very good at managing my time. And I think that actually came from Kincaid. I don't think I learned much here in Austin because I was already so prepared. I mean, as you know, like it's pretty, the workload's pretty rigorous at Kincaid. And, um, and I think it's actually um, less rigorous at, less, you know, in college, depending on what you're studying. But um, there's no reason to freak out about the next step in, in education coming from Kincaid because, I mean, we're more than prepared. And, um, but, you know, as, as far as golf goes, uh, you know, being able to get my schoolwork done when I need to get it done so that I can have as much time as I need on the golf course. And I think Kincaid allowed me to do that because I had to do that for Kincaid golf, really. I mean, I'd be done at three and I uh, have to go play golf and then figure out when to do my homework as well. So it all comes back to time management. And I think Kincaid really taught me how to do that. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, you're playing with Mason Gnome, you know, I'm guessing almost every week. Um, 
what's what's the biggest thing about him? What what do you appreciate the most out of him since you know you you graduated, you know, and he was on your team at Kincaid. Now he's at yeah. Mason Mason is uh Mason's one of my best friends. I've known him since we were, you know, nine and ten years old playing growing up playing golf together. And it's been a cool, cool journey, you know, going through high school, playing high school golf with him and then now into college. Um, we've both kind of been through our up and downs and I've been there for each other, but um, he's playing some unbelievable golf right now. Uh, it's fun to see. I mean, I'm, I'm with him on a daily basis and probably go play some golf with him today, to be honest. But uh, he, he's one of the hardest workers I know. And again, I think that comes back to Kincaid uh, and, you know, he's in the business school and, uh, and just works his tail off every day of the week. And so it's, it's been fun to watch him grow as a golfer and a person. And, uh, you know, I'm lucky to have him as my teammate. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And so I know you're in college. The new NIL deals just came out. Um, what's your opinion on students profiting off their own name and likeness? And do you plan to participate in that? I think it's great, to be honest. Um, it's allowing college athletes to benefit from, you know, their performances and what they're what they're able to bring to the school. I mean, schools make so much money off athletes already. And, um, you know, the athletes, depending on how good they are, are awarded a scholarship and that's about it. So I, I think the, the whole, you know, rule change here, um, depending on your state is, uh, is a great, great change. And I think it, you know, I'm not sure how it will affect sports like football in, in the long term. I, I think we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but I mean, it's, it's going to reach golf, but not like football and basketball, just because, you know, those are the, the big revenue streams for, for schools and, and for alumni. And, um, but the top, the top golfers will see some NIL deals come their way. And, um, you know, I haven't, it hasn't been on the top of my priority list to, to reach out yet. Um, I'm just trying to figure out the best way to go about it. I, I'm about to sign with an agent and, um, we'll go from there. But um, I think at the end of the day, this is going to be a great change for all college athletes. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Um, so, I, you know, you, you've been in major tournaments, major, major tournaments, and, you know, I, you're extremely accomplished. But do you treat every tournament the same, regardless of, you know, the, the play level and difficulty? Yeah, I, to be honest, I, I treat every tournament the same, no matter the magnitude. Um, because when you start to psych yourself out thinking, oh, wow, this is the U.S. Open, this is the Open Championship, like you're already behind the eight ball and, um, you know, versus playing in a smaller tournament. Um, I get just as nervous in a random college event as I do in a major championship, which is pretty hard to comprehend, but it's just because I care so much every time I go out. And uh, so I try to try to treat everything the same so that way I'm not more overwhelmed when I play and you know a major championship or whatever the tournament may be so that's kind of my philosophy on it and just kind of try to do my own thing and stay in my own world um so you know if if you play badly how would you mentally come back and prepare for your next performance golf is golf is such a fickle game I mean you can be playing great golf and go out one day and just play terrible and it doesn't make much sense. And sometimes I'll go to the range after, but most of the time, if I play bad, I'll just 
you know, try to take a breather. Obviously I'm frustrated and, uh, but I try to take a deep breath and just realize it was just a fluke and then go out the next day and just believe in myself the way I, I tried to the day before, because golf, it, I mean, it changes every day. I mean, go out and shoot 65 next day, shoot 75 and, and for no reason really. Mm-hmm. So um, I just have to keep that in perspective and, and go from there. You know, since you played so much golf, what was the favorite tournament you've ever played in and why? Ooh. The uh, the Open Championship this year um, is has got to be the coolest golf experience of my life. Um, the two Walker Cups I, I played in were incredible as well, just because, you know, you get to represent your country. But the Open Championship was just, you know, unlike anything I'd ever experienced before with traveling across uh, the Atlantic Ocean to go play against the best players in the world with, um, you know, guys that you watch on TV. And um, so that was just a something I'll never forget. And hearing my name announced on the first tee, like, and from the USA, Cole Hammer was just sent chills down my spine. And uh, luckily I managed to make contact with the ball, but um, I'll remember that for a long time. Now, taking a step back, you know, what's next for Cole Hammer? What are you planning for your next tournament and how are you preparing for it? Yeah, so we just finished our fall season last week at the Big 12 match play. And we actually have three months off until our next tournament. Our next tournament is not till the beginning of January. So the next few months will be uh, uh, almost like a fairly normal college kid, to be honest, uh, other than practicing and stuff. But as far as getting ready for the spring goes, I mean, there's going to be a lot of work and prep that's going to go in in these next few months. And I'm excited for it. We're going to have a busy spring. I'm going to have nine or 10 tournaments leading up to the NCAAs the beginning of June. So hopefully all five of us are clicking on all cylinders and, um, and can really give it our best and, and play great golf to try to bring home a national championship. And then once that's over, it's, I'm pulling the trigger and uh, turning professional. So it's, uh, you know, it, it seems like a long way away, but it's going to, it's going to come quickly and I'm excited for the next step. Well, you know, Cole, thank you for your time and, you know, Kincaid wishes you the best of luck, but I, I really appreciate you sitting down and talking with me. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Always, uh, always a pleasure. Okay.